Hey, I want to thank my friends at Innisfree for their promotional products and underwriting. Their fresh-squeezed, hydrating green tea loaded with amino acids and antioxidants help replenish and neutralize skin for that natural glow. Want to know the best part? Their tea is organically grown and chosen for skincare from 3,301 Korean native green tea varieties. The winning 1-2-3 punch combination consists of the youth enhancing serum with black tea. Then you just dap, 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 a little bit of the eye serum underneath your eyes. And finally, the enhancing cream. Oh my goodness. Like Muhammad Ali used to say, I'm pretty, I'm still pretty. They offer innovative beauty solutions for men, also powered by the finest natural ingredients responsibly sourced from Korea's pristine Jeju Island. Their proprietary extraction methods preserve the purity and potency of these wholesome ingredients from plant to bottle to your skin, offering advanced formulas that safely address all skin concerns without the use of harmful chemicals and preservatives. With the wonders of nature at the heart of Innisfree, they take care to preserve and protect the environment in all that they do. We want to thank our friends at Innisfree for their promotional products and underwriting of Light 'em Up. Welcome to this episode of Light 'em Up. We take a deep dive on the criminal justice system, crime scene investigation, and leadership. Hey, we enlighten, educate, and empower others with the truth. Like it or not, the truth disturbs, the truth divides, but ultimately, the truth delivers. Hey, I'm your host, Phil Rizzo. I'm the principal owner of Rizzo's Protective Group. We are a high-risk security consulting firm headquartered out of Akron, Ohio, and with offices in the Bronx, New York, and Cerro Alto, the Dominican Republic. And as we put the ball on the tee to line things up for this special edition of Light 'em Up, we speak life, health, and prosperity over each and every one of you. And we want to thank you for joining us. Hey, on this edition of Light 'em Up, we're going to discuss gun violence. As Akron, Ohio has set a record each consecutive year for murders, and the city and the police department have no clear action plan going forward to reduce this from happening. Taken as a single category, including homicides, suicides, and accidents, about 44,000 Americans die each year as a result of gunshots. No one knows for sure why this is, but we do know quite a bit. We know that every other high-income country in the world has many fewer guns and many fewer gun deaths. We know that the states with fewer guns, like California, Illinois, and Iowa, have fewer gun deaths. And states with more gun restrictions, like California, Massachusetts, and New York, do too. On April 4, 1968, Robert F. Kennedy was in Indiana campaigning for the Democratic nomination for president when news reached him that civil rights leader Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had been shot and killed in Memphis, Tennessee. A crowd that had gathered for his last stop in a mostly black neighborhood had not heard the news. The chief of police had wanted him to call off the speech, fearing a riot, but Kennedy stood up on the back of a flatbed truck with no police inside 
light and broke the tragic news to his supporters. A leader leads at all times, even in times of tragedy and despair. He spoke for just five minutes, making a plea to those listening not to allow the assassination to be an excuse for hatred or racial division. I have some very sad news for all of you, and I think uh, sad news for all of our fellow citizens and people who love peace all over the world. And that is that Martin Luther King was shot and was killed tonight in Memphis, Tennessee. Martin Luther King dedicated his life to love and to justice between fellow human beings. He died in the cause of that effort. In this difficult day, in this difficult time for the United States, it's perhaps well to ask what kind of a nation we are and what direction we want to move in. For those of you who are black, considering the evidence evidently is that there were white people who were responsible. You can be filled with bitterness and with hatred and a desire for revenge. We can move in that direction as a country in greater polarization. Black people amongst blacks and white amongst whites filled with hatred toward one another. Or we can make an effort, as Martin Luther King did, to understand and to comprehend and replace that violence, that stain of bloodshed that is spread across our land with an effort to understand compassion and love. For those of you who are black and are tempted to fill with be filled with hatred and mistrust of the injustice of such an act against all white people. I would only say that I can also feel in my own heart the same kind of feeling. I had a member of my family killed, but he was killed by a white man. But we have to make an effort in the United States. We have to make an effort to understand, to get beyond or go beyond these rather difficult times. A favorite poem, I, my favorite poet was Aeschylus. He once wrote, even in our sleep, pain which cannot forget falls drop by drop upon the heart until in our own day despair against our will comes wisdom 
through the awful grace of God. What we need in the United States is not division. What we need in the United States is not hatred. What we need in the United States is not violence and lawlessness, but is love and wisdom and compassion toward one another. Feeling of justice toward those who still suffer within our country, whether they be white or whether they be black. We can do well in this country. We will have difficult times. We've had difficult times in the past, but we will, and we will have difficult times in the future. It is not the end of violence. It is not the end of lawlessness, and it's not the end of disorder. But the vast majority of white people and the vast majority of black people in this country want to live together, want to improve the quality of our life, and want justice for all human beings that abide in our land. Which dedicate ourselves to what the Greeks wrote so many years ago, to tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of this world. Let us dedicate ourselves to that and say a prayer for our country and for our people. Thank you very much. There would be no riots in Indianapolis that night, unlike in numerous other U.S. cities, such as Washington, D.C., New York City, and Detroit. The following day, Kennedy made just one public appearance at the City Club in Cleveland, Ohio. The remarks he delivered were powerful and impassioned. He spoke for just 10 minutes, but 53 years later, the words he spoke remain just as relevant, just as necessary for every American to hear and contemplate as they were at the time that they were delivered. The speech he gave came to be known as the Mindless Menace of Violence speech. And as America continues to struggle with violence every day of every month of every year since April 5th, 1968, we offer it to you here to think about when next you hear a news report of another American's life being ended violently, as you're most likely to hear, if not today, then one day very soon. And a time of sorrow, it is not a day for politics. I have saved this one opportunity, my only event of today, to speak briefly to you about the mindless menace of violence in America 
which again stains our land and every one of our lives. It is not the concern of any one race. The victims of the violence are black and white, rich and poor, young and old, famous and unknown. They are most important of all human beings whom other human beings loved and needed. No one, no matter where he lives or what he does, can be certain who next will suffer from some senseless act of bloodshed. And yet it goes on and on and on in this country of ours. Why? What has violence ever accomplished? What has it ever created? No martyr's cause has ever been stilled by an assassin's bullet. No wrongs have ever been righted by riots and civil disorders. A sniper is only a coward, not a hero. And an uncontrolled or uncontrollable mob is only the voice of madness, not the voice of the people. Whenever any American's life is taken by another American unnecessarily, whether it is done in the name of the law or in defiance of the law, by one man or by a gang, in cold blood or in passion, in an attack of violence or in response to violence, whenever we tear at the fabric of our lives, which another man has painfully and clumsily woven for himself and his children, whenever we do this, then the whole nation is degraded. Among free men, said Abraham Lincoln, there can be no successful appeal from the ballot to the bullet. And those who take such appeal are sure to lose their case and pay the cost. Yet we seemingly tolerate a rising level of violence that ignores our common humanity and our claims to civilization alike. We calmly accept newspaper reports of civilian slaughter in far-off lands. We glorify killing on movie and television screens, and we call it entertainment. We'd make it easier for men of all shades of sanity to acquire weapons and ammunition that they desire. Too often we honor swagger and bluster and the wielders of force. Too often we excuse those who are willing to build their own lives on the shattered dreams of other human beings. Some Americans who preach nonviolence abroad fail to practice it here at home. Some accuse others of rioting and inciting riots have by their own conduct invited them. Some look for scapegoats. Others look for conspiracies. 
But this much is clear. Violence breeds violence. Repression breeds retaliation. And only a cleansing of our whole society can remove this sickness from our souls. For there is another kind of violence, slower, but just as deadly destructive as the shot or the bomb in the night. This is the violence of institutions, indifference, inaction, and decay. This is the violence that afflicts the poor, that poisons relations between men because their skin has different colors. This is the slow destruction of a child by hunger and schools without books and homes without heat in the winter. This is the breaking of a man's spirit by denying him the chance to stand as a father and as a man amongst other men. And this too afflicts us all. For when you teach a man to hate and to fear his brother, when you teach that he is a lesser man because of his color or his beliefs or the policies that he pursues, when you teach that those who differ from you threaten your freedom or your job or your home or your family, then you also learn to confront others not as fellow citizens, but as enemies, to be met not with cooperation, but with conquest, to be subjugated and to be mastered. We learn at the last to look at our brothers as alien, alien men with whom we share a city, but not a community, men bound to us in common dwelling but not in a common effort. We learn to share only a common fear, only a common desire to retreat from each other, only a common impulse to meet disagreement with force. For all this, there are no final answers for those of us who are American citizens. Yet we know what we must do, and that is to achieve true justice among all of our fellow citizens. The question is not what programs we should seek to enact. The question is whether we can find in our own midst and in our own hearts that leadership of humane purpose that will recognize the terrible truths of our existence. We must admit the vanity of our false distinctions, the false distinctions among men, and learn to find our own advancement in search for the advancement of all. We must admit to ourselves that our children's future cannot be built on the misfortune of another's. We must recognize that this short life can neither be ennobled or enriched by hatred or by revenge. Our lives on this planet 
are too short. The work to be done is too great to let this spirit flourish any longer in this land of ours. Of course, we cannot banish it with a program, nor with a resolution. But we can perhaps remember, if only for a time, that those who live with us are our brothers, that they share with us the same short moment of life, that they seek, as do we, nothing but the chance to live out their lives in purpose and in happiness, winning what satisfaction and fulfillment that they can. Surely this bond of common fate, surely this bond of common goals can begin to teach us something. Surely we can learn at the least to look around at those of us of our fellow men, and surely we can begin to work a little harder to bind up the wounds among us and to become in our hearts brothers and countrymen once again. Tennyson wrote in Ulysses, that which we are, we are, one equal temper of heroic hearts, made weak by time and fate, but strong in will to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. Thank you very much. If every problem has a solution, so too does this one. We want to hear from you, our listeners. What needs to be done to start to chip away at the steady drumbeat of violent incidents in this country of ours? How do we begin the process of reducing one by one the incidents of violence in our streets, in our homes, schools, places of worship, places of business, and entertainment? Send us your thoughts. We'd like to hear from you, and we'll devote a future episode to explore the wisdom that you've shared with us. You don't have to live in America to express your thoughts on Light em Up as we are now expanding our global footprint as we speak into 78 other countries other than the USA. We've come to accept violence in our streets as natural as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west or water flowing downstream. But we ask this question, must it be this way? Here at Light em Up and Justice Rolls Down, we don't think so. Like Robert Kennedy told the audience in Cleveland, there's no program or resolution that will instantly cure our society of this sickness. Just being a human being qualifies you to know that each victim of the mindless menace of violence is a human being whom other human beings loved and needed. Don't shrug it off to someone else to do so. Act today. Respond today. We want to hear your thoughts. Hey, the life that you save may very well be yours. Hey, we want to thank everybody for listening. We want to say ciao for now and adios from coast to coast. And we want to say thank you to everybody who's listening globally. We're grateful to you. Light em Up is here for you and here because of you. Phil Rizzo for Light em Up. Hey, you've got Light em Up. Hey, I want to 
want to thank my friends at Innisfree for their promotional products and underwriting. Their fresh-squeezed hydrating green tea loaded with amino acids and antioxidants help replenish and neutralize skin for that natural glow. Want to know the best part? Their tea is organically grown and chosen for skincare from 3,301 Korean native green tea varieties. The winning 1-2-3 punch combination consists of the Youth Enhancing Serum with black tea. Then you just dap, 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 a little bit of the eye serum underneath your eyes. And finally, the Enhancing Cream. Oh my goodness. Like Muhammad Ali used to say, I'm pretty, I'm still pretty. They offer innovative beauty solutions for men, also powered by the finest natural ingredients responsibly sourced from Korea's pristine Jeju Island. Their proprietary extraction methods preserve the purity and potency of these wholesome ingredients from plant to bottle to your skin, offering advanced formulas that safely address all skin concerns without the use of harmful chemicals and preservatives. With the wonders of nature at the heart of Innisfree, they take care to preserve and protect the environment in all that they do. We want to thank our friends at Innisfree for their promotional products and underwriting of Light'em Up.